0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the first act podcast. I'm your host, Harry G, and today's episode is for all of you supporters and especially the naysayers who don't believe in the impact Web3 is currently having on the future of the music business. This is part three of pioneering the music industry in Web3 with spotty Wi-Fi. Listen in as we break down Spotty's unique path to how he made $250,000 in under 60 seconds using NFTs to working with artists like Snoop Dogg. Spotty and I share tips and tricks on how independent artists can thrive in today's music industry by building online communities and creating unique experiences for your fans. This is an episode you won't wanna miss.
1: And now, hosted by Harry G. This is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top. Whether you're trying to build a job in pop, rock, or any other artsy schlock, here's your top dog. With info that can't be bought, it's got to be sought. So sit back, crack a six-pack, because we're about to chit-chat and rip facts. It's the First Act Podcast.
0: So those concerts that you do at NFT NYC, are those... Are those in-person concerts that you're doing? So people actually see what you look like, or do you have like a fil- like a like a like a head covering that you wear, like as um, as like a filter to keep to keep the NFT?
1: No, I, I I'm I'm fully doxed. You know, if you come see me in concert, you'll see me. You know, you'll see my you'll see my my human form. Uh, but when I'm online, when I'm doing digital stuff, I still like to just use the face of my. Just because I think it's interesting and and I think uh, it's just been my brand, you know, and been the way that I present myself from day one online. And it's easy. I can't really uh, I can't really duplicate that as easily, you know, in a live setting.
0: That's cool. And, And what's kind of fun about this is if you wanted to, you can create a whole new persona. You could just buy a new NFT and have a whole new persona. And, you know, some of your following might come over or you might not even tell anybody that you have this new persona and you could just try it all over again and see if you'd have the same success. Do you think that you would have the same success if you were to do it again?
1: Um I do honestly. I mean I right now I'm I'm really focused on body and and and, and what I'm doing with my cryptopunk. That's my main focus. But I have also amassed a nice collection of other NFTs, you know, over the last year and a half. You know, a lot of people know me from the NFT world because I'm very active in the board Ape Yacht Club. And I have I have a Several board apes. My main, my first board ape that I ever purchased is another character that I've developed. You know, his name is Goldrilla. He's Spotty's hype man, but he also raps. You know, so sometimes I rap as Goldrilla. I change my voice a little bit. You know, that sort of thing. So, you know, I have songs where it's Spotty featuring Goldrilla, but it's really me, <laughs> and it's right, like a very you, port- yeah, but that that's cool. It's fun. It's like a very poorly kept secret. We make kind of a joke about it. Like whenever I'm at the live shows, I'm always joking about how Goldrilla missed his flight, you know, and now I got to do his parts and my parts and I'm going to be out of breath and all this and, and, you know, he's not going to get paid for the show. So it's just like a running joke. uh, That's kind of an inside joke for my fans.
0: That's sick. that's very cool. Um, I and, and I like it because because then you keep the fans engaged and so do you still run your discord or do you only have really your Twitter where people will engage with you like most of your most of your community is still on
1: Twitter? So yeah I'm most active on Twitter um, and Instagram nowadays, but I do I do keep my discord um, my discord is more so for announcements or for giveaways like a lot of times what because what's cool about discord there's a lot of pain points with discord one of the coolest things about discord is i have channels in my discord that are private where you have to have my nft to enter text channels or those voice channels right and that's that's really powerful because i'm going to i'm going to a conference this weekend in um west palm palm beach And they said, okay, we have 25 uh, VIP tickets for your fans. If you want to give them out to them, it's like, perfect. This is great. Here's, you know, so here's the link. It's a private link and I put it in my private discord channel. So if you have my NFT, you get to be one of the people that can go to the website first come first serve and claim these, these 25 VIP passes. So, and you could just buy them out.
0: Right. And you could buy them out and then just resell them as a fan.
1: Um, it depends. It depends. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's uh, possible with the Palm Beach one, another conference that I'm getting ready for in Vegas in October. And and we're doing that, but they specifically don't want them to be resellable. You right. know, they want it only to be for the individuals that have my tokens. Uh, so it just kind of depends. But that's just one example, you know, of like the types of opportunities or perks or or even like, you know, if, if I'm in a city, if if I'm if I'm gone, you know, traveling at a at a crypto conference or an NFT conference, I might just have some free time. And this happened once in New York. I just had some free time and I said, you know what? I'm walking around Times Square right now. I feel like stopping into this pub. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a beer and I'm just gonna let people know that I'm gonna be here for the next couple hours. You know, I have some merch with me, I have some stickers, I'm gonna give out some stuff and we'll just all, you know, get to know each other and greet. And that's really powerful it's basically a private line of communication in discord between me and and my collectors
0: wow and so how many collectors do you have you have two thousand collectors or i'd imagine some people minted more than one nft when, when you did your draw
1: correct correct the average uh well the, on average people minted like two or three of them uh, right now i have i have almost 900 collectors right now of that debut album um, I have another collection that I dropped with a, with a, a legendary artist on B. We did a song together. We made an NFT collection out of it. I Wait, think that one has which artist was this
0: that you that you did a collaboration uh, with?
1: Uh, his name it's it's Bun B. Uh, he's Bun from B. the Underground Kings, legendary uh, rapper out of Houston. Cool. And we have about six hunters for that collection, I believe, if I'm if I'm counting correctly. Um, and then I have their collection I, I i did a collection as a totally free claim a uh, free mint for people um that one i'm not sure how many collectors it has i haven't looked at it recently um so i don't know the exact number uh, in in terms of how much overlap there is between the different collections but i would say my my strongest like most avid supporters is probably around a thousand or, or fifteen hundred something like that
0: so without having like tens of thousands of followers you've been able to you know if you if you don't mind just being candid here like how much money have you been able to amass as an artist um you know as a rapper as an nft artist um in the you know with this latest project with with doing spotty wi-fi versus like had you decided to go down the streaming route or the traditional music industry as a lot of people would call it now
1: so just just talk about NFT sales, right? Like I, I do performances, I get photos, um, I sell merchandise, um, I stream my music, uh, all of that. But just in terms of NFTs, I've I've really just done two sales. I've only really done two NFT sales. The first one is the album that we've talked about. Um, that one was 60 ETH and 60 seconds. Yeah. Um, at that time, that was about about a quarter million dollars for that day right for for that that one day um and and there's been more secondary sales on that one and then the other collection that i dropped with bun b that was a hybrid model where we gave it away for free if you owned my album okay if you didn't own my album then we sold it uh to 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 new collectors potentially new people um and that one did a about $60,000 in sales, uh, even as how we much, get, even. How much did that one do? That one did about $60,000 in sales, even though we gave it away for free, you know, right. to most of my collectors that, that wanted it for free. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're talking about definitely, you know, in, in the past year, uh, probably a little over 300K that, that I've generated just off music NFT sales. Right. not including not including licensing opportunities or, um, you know, performance fee or merch sales or streaming revenue.
0: Right. That's amazing. That's really incredible. Like, good for you, dude. Like, that's, it's such an incredible story to hear. And it's just an idea that you came up with, and you probably just took inspiration along the way of like things that you were learning as you were learning this whole landscape. And you said, Hey, well, I, You know, I have these skills and I've got these ideas. And, you know, let me let me just just shoot my shot and see what I can do. Exactly. So do you think that this is something that um, a lot of artists are now following suit? Like they're using you as like a pioneer, really like a case study. Um, And and we're going to see a lot more artists doing this in in
1: the years to come. Uh, Definitely. Definitely. You know, when when I sold the album in August, I remember saying, wait, so this was a big platform. You know, notices this and decides to to take this blueprint, um, and it didn't take long. You know, I released the August by late January or February. Snoop Dogg did this. You know, I, I first I first got in touch. Well, his son Snoop has a son named Champ who kind of guides uh, is is his like advisor when it comes to Web three and NFTs, right? So he reached out to me. And we, we got to talking and, and kind of like, I kind of shared with him, you know, some of the th- things past year and everything. Went out to Los Angeles and kind of worked with their team and everything. Now, at the same time, Snoop bought Death Row Records. So he owns the brand Death Row, Death Row Records, and he owns a lot of their catalog. Also, Snoop, anything that he records now, anything that he records new, he owns his own masters and he owns his own publishing for that music. So and of course, he's known everywhere on Earth. You, you know, he has tens and hundreds of millions of followers online. Right. So he was like the perfect storm where he put out an album called back on death row it was the first album with him owning death row hold it as an nft he did a similar type of drop as i did you know he did a blind mint where you're minting a song you don't know which song you're gonna get get it blah 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 and it sold 44 million dollars worth of nfts in one week wow you know no what what artist i don't care how big the artist is i don't care how much uh, they get played how many how many streams they get on YouTube or Spotify or like how many artists are making forty four million dollars the week their album launches with no to no to, no touring of the album to, to launch it that week. So crazy. I think I think that that was that was a watershed moment as well, because now it's undeniable because we're not talking about some indie artist that has a crypto punk selling a quarter million dollars worth of nfts uh we're we're talking about uh, a legendary artist uh that has you know the means and the, and the wherewithal to do it selling tens of millions of dollars worth and we've seen we've seen more indie examples as well you know there's there's uh, an artist named sami Ariaga Um, There's an artist named Violetta, and they're doing similar things, you know, creating NFT collections that have rarity traits for their music so that it's kind of a gamified purchasing experience. It's extra. It's it's very much a collectible. Um, In some cases, they are giving out uh, some sort of IP rights. In some cases, maybe they are giving out some sort of a vinyl record, you know, access to experiences. And we have... All of a sudden, we have other case studies of artists earning six figures off of their music um, in ways that they weren't able to do before.
0: Right, because a lot of still a lot of artists that I speak with, like you know, I I've, you don't really know too much about my background, I, I would imagine. But I mean, I've I've worked I've worked a lot in the live space and booking. Um, I've been a talent agent. I've worked in management. Um, so I've worked most like exclusively on the business end of music with a lot of different artists and artists will come to me, especially since this podcast is all about education, educating music business professionals, entertainment business professionals, and really also creatives in the space to really enable their careers. So people will come to me and they they ask for my my guidance. And more often than not, a lot of them still think that, you know, we're living in a time where you need to not only um, stream and, and streaming is the way to go, But a lot of artists still think that they'll get discovered at a club by like an A and R. They'll get signed to a label, and then their life is changed. So, can you talk a little bit about where you know how the music industry is different now, and where you see it moving towards in the next year?
1: Well, I mean, the music industry now is it's really a number game, you know. I mean, people the the people that are working at major companies and labels and and things like that looking to sign artists i don't think they're really spending a lot of time in the you know the the smoke-filled clubs you know listening to like artists perform at open mic nights and stuff like that it's more you know it's more about them looking at metrics how many youtube subscribers does this person have how many Spotify listeners do they have? How many times is their song getting shazammed? Uh, how many TikTok followers do they have? Things like that. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking to find an unpolished gem and and help develop that artist. They're looking to find somebody that already has their own audience, uh, that already has everything needed to monetize, and they're looking to send. Partner with them and and sign them to sort of an arrangement where the label is providing some 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 combination of services in exchange for some level of ownership over that artist's music and career. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's an interesting state of affairs, because most of the time, the artists that meet those qualifications, the artists that have those metrics. By the, time they've, by the time an artist has done the to get attention from a label, that artist really probably doesn't need a label. i <laughs>
0: this, yes.
1: By that time, that artist might not need a label. Maybe they think they need funding, but a label is not the only way to get funding. And this is sort of the backdrop or the context in which NFTs enter the scene, because NFTs offer a new way to raise funding you know, right. through um, community, um, through, through community. Exactly. And by going direct to consumer, direct to the people that love your music, you know, the, the old way of working in the music industry is infested with middlemen, you know, the labels, the published, the artist managers, the business managers, all of these, all of these different entities are they, even the streaming platforms in a way, you know, they are a middleman as well. They stand between you and the the people that want to listen to your music, and they get a cut every time that you deliver that music or any time that fan wants to purchase something from you uh, or wants to pay to listen to your music. Um, So NFTs, to me, represent the potential for a future in the music industry where there are a lot fewer middlemen and there's a much more direct relationship between the artist and the fan so that fans can help fund the artists that they love, you know, and uh, they can get value from it. You know, NFTs, uh, we, we've talked about physical, live events, digital experiences, all these different ways that a token or an NFT, uh, all these different things that, that it can unlock, all these different utilities. But what's going on in the mainstream is it's really all about understanding the sort of music than just an MP3. Yeah. You know, ever since ever since Napster, ever since LimeWire, it's very hard to sell an MP3. And so that's why artists feel like they need millions and millions of fans. I need millions of streams to get my Spotify numbers up. All this because nobody's going to buy my MP3. They're just going to stream it. And I need millions of streams in order to earn a living. But the truth is, if you take a step back, if you step outside of the MP3, you know, world, it's like, what else can you offer that somebody would pay for? Because if they're not going to pay for your MP3s, what else would they pay for? People still pay good money to go to Coachella. People pay good money to go to Lollapalooza, to go to music festivals. People pay good money for vinyl you know so what can you do with a digital token that's going to deliver more value than an mp3 that's where the the music industry is headed
0: yeah they want more they want more access i think fans and they want more experience and i think that that is what we need to be focusing on in this space and i think that that's where you've kind of been getting with with everything that you've been saying throughout this whole hour is people want a cooler experience. They want to engage more with their with their artist. They they also love that exclusive feel, like that way, you know, you're chilling at a bar in New York, nobody knows but you, you know, the people that are your real fans that hold your NFT that have invested in Spotty, you know, those are the people that will know, "Oh, Spotty's actually in town. Let me link up with him." You know what I mean? So it's I Absolutely. I think it's all about experience and it's all about access.
1: Yep. I agree.
0: So, Spotty, I really, really thank you so much for your time today. Um, I, I'd love to do a part two with you at, an, at a later date so we can you know, talk about some other projects, other things that are going on in Web3. But I really appreciate you sharing your background, sharing your story to success, and you know, even sharing with, with us some projects that you've been working on with other legendary artists.
1: Absolutely, man. I would love to do a part two. Let's make it happen and really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.
0: Remember, new episodes release every Thursday
1: at 12 p.m. Pacific. See you there.